So that was a great prayer. It's a great time to sit before you. Um, I'm here in the studio again. I actually, for the first time in years, turned the equipment on and actually recorded and created two tracks, one right behind another, just do it together. Nellie was talking about lo-fi and I, I was like, what is lo-fi? And she played me some stuff. I said, oh, I've done stuff like this before. I know what this is. So I literally sat here and did like a song in 10 minutes. <laughs> just do it together and say like that. Yeah, all right. So I said, well, from now on, we're going to start having our own music behind um, the the Live Unique post. We're not going to keep using this stock music junk. And I'm bringing that up to say, you know, opportunities are new. We're coming to the end of a year. I'm getting my scriptures up while I'm talking to you, so be, be, be patient with me. And um, opportunities, God presents opportunities all the time for us to go back. And after listening to the message from last week about the, I talked about the prodigal son, about him coming back and greatness, meeting him in the role, you know, provision, meeting him out there, then you let him get in the house and getting him to looking correct as he brought him in. And I, and I started laying claim to that. I started laying claim to that for me. I started laying claim to that for us. Like, yeah, God, you, even after our debacles or whatever we do, when we are heading back to you, you meet us. You come and you 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 don't say, well, when you get here, I'll take care of you. You see us coming and you come run down the road and you catch us and you bring get us ready. So we get you cleaned up and get you in the house. I want to make you look right. And the thing that really stuck out for me a lot from the message was the part that he met the son in the robe and he covered him with a royal robe. And I'm just picturing, you know, he's coming back. He's been on drunken stupors. He's been on his benches. He's been eat, living in the pigsty and having to eat pig food. And so I'm sure he's not clean. I'm sure, you know, all of this stuff. And he says, but when you come in, I want you to come in covered. And he throws a royal robe on top of his filth. You know, I'm sure once he got him, I'm sure he, I hope he got a shower before the party. But my point is, as he's bringing him home, he covered him. He covered him with royalty on the way home. And I said, well, God, how far do you have to stray to be covered? And he said, like, you're covered as long as you're home. You don't have to stray. And the choice to not be covered is always yours, never mine. And, and, and I want you to hear what I'm, I'm saying. This is important. God never says, well, yeah, I'm uncovering you. The choice to be uncovered, the choice to be in the wandering around outside of his blessings and out there is ours. It's never his. He never looks at you and says, this is what you're worthy of. Into the sewer you go. Um, I don't know about that. Well, this, you know, the psalmist said, you know, if I make my bed in hell, you are there with me. So he had the understanding that even when I'm at my worst place, if I allow you to be, you're there. We decide that he's not there. Come on. We decide that he's abandoned us or he's angry with us or he doesn't want anything to do with us. But I'm encouraging you that that's never the truth. 
because you would get a little more excited about that than than that. But it's never a place where God, I will never leave you nor forsake you. No, never. It, you know, it's like even in my worst place, still won't leave you or forsake you. You have to turn your back. You have to ignore my presence. I, I need you to listen to this. This is important. Even when you think you turn your back on God, he's still there. You're just not facing him. He's there. Just turn around. He's right there, right where you left him, ready to cover you back up and bring you back in. So based on that, I said, well, Lord, I get that and I understand that. But what, what does it mean to you and to me when I put myself in a place where I'm almost not allowing you to help? Now, I want you to listen to where I'm going right here, and this is very important, because he's never not helping. Even when you think that he isn't, God is a healer, he's a provider, he's a protector. If you have kids, you understand what I'm talking about. I don't care how they do, they're your babies, you're going to look out. When they get old enough to say, I'm leaving home, I'm going to do my own thing, I don't want to do what you say, I'm going to... Well, then you're limited to what you can do, but you're still available to do. And you're still, if nothing but covering them in prayer, you're still covering them. And 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 please don't make light of the covering in pr prayer. Please don't. Because all the help you want to offer has no weight or no power to the covering in prayer. That's the most powerful help you can offer anytime to your kids, your family, your friends. I want to be there for them and try to help them. Sit your behind home quiet and, and, and just stand before the Lord in prayer. That's your best help because right now you're just interfering and getting on their nerves. I don't want to hear no more about you and your Jesus and all your religious men. Right. Okay. So then leave them alone. But you can still go do your thing. And God's still going to listen to you because he's not listening to them when you're praying for them. I'm saying a lot of stuff right here, but I'm telling you the truth. It's like they can say, I don't want the Lord. I don't care. Today. You stay home and you pray. And guess what? God said, I'm listening to you. I ain't listening to them. I'm, a, I'm, 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 I'm with those who are with me. And I'm, I'm listening to the prayers of those who are praying. So um, I begin to say, well, God, my position with you has to be that I know you're with me and how should I respond to that? I know that you have my back all the time even when I don't think I want it or need it. So how do I respond to that? Um, I want you to go with me to Hebrews chapter 6. And we're going to just read a little bit here. I was going to say, when you get there, say amen, as if I can hear it, right? You can say amen anyway. And I'm, I'm going to read starting from verse 11 from the Amplified. And we desire for each one of you to show the same diligence all the way through 
so as to realize and enjoy the full assurance of hope into the end so that you do not become spiritually sluggish but will instead be imitators of those who through faith lean on God with absolute trust and confidence in him and in his power and by patient endurance even while suffering or struggling are now inheriting the promises. A lot of reading, but a phrase was there that peeked his nose out at me. And I went, you know how I am. I was like, ooh, wait, wait, that line right there. So I'm going to tell you what that line is. Verse 12 again. So that you will not be spiritually sluggish, but will instead be imitators of those who through faith, pay close attention, imitators of those who through faith lean on God with absolute trust and confidence in his power and by patient endurance, even while suffering, are now inheriting the promises. Rules. Who caught it? Did somebody catch it? You probably didn't because you're not me. That's why I'm here. I'm here to give it to you. <laughs> Dr. Wise, you, you, you think you got it? No. Listen, I'll let somebody jump in if you want to. But listen, watch this. So that you will not become spiritually sluggish, tired, or lazy, but will instead be imitators of those who through faith Lean on God with absolute trust and confidence in him and in his power. And by patient endurance, even when suffering, are now inheriting the prize. So here's, here's the two points. Don't get sluggish. Keep imitating those who are in front of you that you're watching the manifestation of God showing. So this is the first part of that, right? Ready? Ready? Who are you around? Who are you watching? Who are you monitoring your faith behind? Too many church people, when they're going through something, they go find somebody who's going through something worse than them or the same thing. Baby, I know what you, I'm going through the same thing. Yes, it's rough out here. That's not who you're supposed to be looking at, according to the scripture. Even the word is telling you. No, you need to surround yourself with people that are doing what you want to do or being what you want to be in the faith. You should have people around you that you always, if I can use the word, looking up to. Somebody that's like, wow, you stood in the middle of that and you, hmm, can I call you sometime? I just want to, I just want to be mentored by you. I want to be, I want to talk to you because you are going where I want to go. And, and so he says, surround yourself with people who have a faith that you don't have or have a stand that you don't have. We know, come on, be honest with me, be honest with me, that that's not what we usually do. Misery loves company, we gonna find somebody, well, they went through it, they can help me, maybe. Are they winning? Are they in the place with God that they in, 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 exude the faith that you want, that they're accomplishing the things in their walk that you wish to accomplish? Come on, people. Some of my people, give me your faces back in here because I'm saying some stuff to some of you directly. You know I'm talking to you, right? Are you 
in the place that you're putting yourself around people, not faith of your kind, but people that challenge you to be deeper. Um, I've said this many times. I say it on Vision Builders all the time. If you're your own teacher, you're teaching yourself the same lessons. You should always have mentors or people around you that push you to be bigger than what you are and deeper than what you are. So I'm going, I'm doing real estate now. I'm starting to learn real estate. And I go take this class that cost me 12 grand, right? I'm like, I don't want to pay these people this money. It's like, well, who am I going to talk to then? So I took this class and I learned the basics enough to start negotiating this deal that I am negotiating and going back and forth in the whole process. Now, as a result of that, I run into my, my I call him my little brother. He's in real estate. He just bought this $7 million house that he paid three something, three, 3.2 million for. You know, he and he says only 3.2 million. I'm like, my dude, right? Um, this house is I call it Wayne Manor. This is you know 50 acres of land. It's beautiful. And he's a black brother too. I mean, he black black. He's a brother brother, right? And I'm saying, dude, I remember when you were a teenager, when I used to work with you and your and your little music group, right? And I'm watching you now. I said, but you haven't done this. You've done this in the past decade, if I can remember clearly, because I remember when I first found you and you came to my house, you had duct tape on your bumper. And now you're here. And I said, I want you to mentor me. He said, shut up with that. You mentored me. I wouldn't be there. I don't want to hear all that. Man. I said, bro, I want you to mentor me. You, he's not trying to hear that at all. Like, nope. He don't want to use the word, but he's doing it. He's like, whatever you need, anything I can give you. He just sent us a text. Now you don't even know about it, saying that they're having the office party for the for the whole staff. I mean, for the whole um, real estate company. And they want us to come out and hang out with them and meet all the people so we can get connected with, you know, all the realtors and stuff. This is the reason I'm saying this. I'm not going to get better at this if I keep talking to people who ain't sold their first house yet. They're still trying to figure it out like me. No, I need to get around people who sold enough houses to go buy themselves a mansion, right? This is what I need to be around. Or to go out and buy themselves or whatever. My point is, the Bible is telling you here, in your faith and your walk with God, you have to put yourself and look at people who are standing in patience with God. And he said, if you do, the end part I want you to catch is, and even though you're struggling, even though you're struggling, Dag, I said that word totally wrong, right? Even while suffering, you are inheriting the promise. No, you didn't catch that. Even when you think you're suffering, if you keep in your eye on the promise, you're inheriting the promise. Let me say it one more time. You're inheriting the promise. Right now, say right now, even where I am, I am inheriting the promise. Right now, and I'm inheriting the promise. The promise is mine. And even right now, where I am this moment, I'm keeping my eye on faith and being encouraged because I am, regardless of how it looks, inheriting the promise. That one verse is what God spoke to me. He said, as you're going forward with this hope and this faith, 
your heart becomes at rest because you realize that the promise, all the promises of God and yea and yay and amen. I don't want to mess up no words going fast. And even though it looks like a struggle to you now, if your hope is anchored on the promise, you are inheriting it. It's yours to inherit. So I sat with this. Now, I just got this text message a few minutes ago, but we went by his house the other night. And I said, wow. God, it looked like, like almost like I was losing everything. But I kept believing that you, as people say, you didn't bring me this far to leave me. So I began to focus on what I had and not what I didn't have. I want you to pay attention. So Lindsay and I talk a lot. She's my business partner in one of my businesses. She works with me in almost everything I do. And she said to me, you know, God said something to me. I said, yeah, what'd he say? She said, he said to me, are you behind on any bills? No. Do you really lack anything? Well, you know, there's new, new customers. I ain't ask you all of that. I asked you, are all your bills paid right now? This month? Well, yeah. Well, maybe you should be focusing on that and not worrying about what may happen in the next couple of months when you're covered now. Yeah. Yeah. And that reality, are you listening to me? I believe, not trying to pat myself on the back in any way, that my example of I'm not losing it, I refuse to lose it. What's losing it going to do for me? I'm pushing toward this house. I'm pushing toward this, this deal. I'm pushing toward closing this. And the example in front of her is a person who is keeping his eye on the faith and on the prize and on the promise and on the possession that God has promised. Ain't no sense in me focusing on what may not be working because then all I'm going to do is bring to me that which is negative or that which isn't working. Even if I don't bring it to me, my focus is on it that I can't see what God is doing. So my thing is keep your eye on the prize. My thing is what do you have to lose then to keep focusing on what looked like it's not working when God has promised you this is it. One more time. Read this again. I read the whole thing, but that verse 12. Well, I'm going to go back to 11. And we desire for each of you to show the same diligence all the way through as so to realize and enjoy the full insurance of hope until the end. Now, when I read that before, it may have gone over your head, but now that I'm explaining it, you may get it. So that you will not become spiritually sluggish. You won't get slow. You won't get bogged down. You won't get disappointed. You won't get lazy. You will not become sluggish. But you will instead be imitators of those who through faith lean on God with absolute trust and confidence in him and in his power. Somebody say, lean on God with absolute trust and confidence in him and in his power, lean on people 
be mentored by people. Well, in my same church people. No, I don't want to hang out with the church people. I want to find a person in that church that's going toward the thing that I'm going for or achieved what I already reaching for. And I want to look at those people and say, do you stand? I remember it was hard for me to be in church. It was hard. Um, me and pastors, like we, we just, it just things. I was so by faith to the word in terms of what I understood at the time, you know, Sometimes some of it I was overboard without question, but still, I'd rather be overboard than underboard. I'm just telling you right now, and I never forget I was with one pastor, and he owned a um, shipping company, and this is the man who's on Sundays talking about faith and stuff to me. His package got delivered to the wrong place. His package was supposed to be someplace by a certain time of the day, and the person after ap, accidentally delivered it to Yonkers, it was supposed to be in Midtown. And the people are calling, and the customer is, of course, freaking out. It's, again, and this is business. This is not personal stuff. I said, well, where did it go? And back then, you got to remember, there was no cell phones. Like, people didn't readily have cell phones. Like, you had money, money. You had pagers, and then you had to get on the, you know, pay phone and, and call in and he's trying to reach the guy the guy already left the package is in the wrong place it's supposed to be them by the end of the day now I want you to listen to this I'm not trying to be funny and of course I would never say names but he was literally rolled out on the couch in his office going like oh my god oh my god oh my god this is a big deal oh my god and he was like literally like losing hit like losing it. I started to say losing his mess. He was losing it, right? He was losing it. And I'm going, just give me the address to where it went. I'll go get it. And I'll take it to where it's supposed to go. I even work for him. Just give me the address. I'll go get it. Where did it go? And he, he couldn't even give me the address. He was losing it. Oh my God. Oh my God. And Finally got the address out of him. Didn't have a car. I jumped on public transportation. I had to take public transportation as far as I could. Then I jumped on whatever Yonkers bus it was. Got to the place. Got the package. Took the train. Took the bus back to the train. Took the train to Manhattan. And within an hour and a half, no less than, no more than two hours, I had the package in the hands of the person it belonged to. But it broke me. It broke me. Because I said, if I'm in a mess, who am I going to go to? Because I, I need this person to say to me, after having done all, just stand. I have, I need, this person is the one who's telling me God will provide, God can deliver. I need you to tell me that. Listen, I need you to tell me that even if you're not so sure at the moment. You need to be able to say, well, I... I know the word says this, and I'm going to stand with that. I'm going to wrap this message up on this. The promises of God are yea and amen. They're yours. He promised that. He promised that. And the promises are being worked out on your behalf even when you don't know it. Are you listening? But the issue is what we just read two or three times. You 
can become sluggish and miss out and delay the blessing of God in your life because you focused on the problems, you focused on the people, you focused on the surroundings, you focused on the faults, and you're not focused on where he's telling you to go. So he said, if you can't focus on me, listen to me, if he seemed too far away, if you this time, you know, you praying sometimes, you're like, I wish God would could just, Jesus would come just stand in my room right now, right? Just these, just, I would just feel so much better if you would come and just touch my hand. And, and, and he's like saying, no, 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 you won't. Exactly what he told Lazarus. No, you won't. Even somebody came back from the dead, you wouldn't believe. But there are people around you. That's what he said. You have the prophets. You have the people around you. You have people around you in your life. And people in your, I don't know anybody like that. You ain't look for them. I guarantee you there's not a person on here that doesn't have somebody in their life that's trusting and walking with God that God has put in front of you to be a mentor, to be a, a, a source of strength, to be an encourager. There's people in your life to do it. I guarantee you there's somebody somewhere if you look. They're there. And he's saying, Keep your eye on. I'm gonna read it. I don't want to. I don't want to. I'm gonna read it one more time from here. Verse twelve. So that you will not become spiritually sluggish, but will instead be imitators of those who, through faith, lean on God with absolute trust and confidence in Him and His power. In this season, ask God. Ask Him. Who is the person that you put around me to be an encouragement to me and to make me focus and stand? How many of you know that you've been that for people so many times? Like the other time people come to you, they're not even looking for God, but you just start giving them godly counsel and godly direction. Sometimes they're not even trying to hear what you want to say. Sometimes you waste so much time on people that don't even want what you got. Drop the seed and walk away, leave them alone. But how many of you have said at times, I feel like sometimes I need that. I need that. And I'm telling you, God is saying, every one of you have that in your life. If you stop trying to be everybody else's rescuer and stand still and be rescued, if you're teachable, and this is very important, <laughs> if you're teachable, because some Christians like us who are always helping others, we think we can't be helped. Uh, I know some of you don't want to have this conversation right now. If somebody starts trying to help you, yeah, I know. Yep, mm -hmm, yep that's what the word says. Mm -hmm, yeah, I was reading that scripture the other night. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You know, and you're trying to compete now. You're trying to have a, a Bible verse contest with people to prove to them instead of shutting your mouth and saying, let me sit back and be encouraged. I know they're saying what I know, but let me hear their spirit. Let me hear what's being fed to me that's useful to me because that's where power is. So I get around people. My little brother keeps saying to me, now, I ain't your mentor. You're my mentor. Man, I, I wouldn't be where I am because then he sent me a whole long text message the other yesterday about I, I wouldn't be here if it wasn't from you and all this stuff. And, you know, and, and I was like, and I'm standing on your shoulders. I'm like, yeah, well, you better get ready to get some footprints on your shoulders. I don't care what you say. You, you somewhere right now that I want to be and I'm going to come and sum, sum, submit myself to you. I'm going to learn from you. I'm going to humble myself. I'm not there to impress him with what I know. I'm there to learn what he knows. I'm not here to have a going back and forth contest of who knows more scripture or who knows less or who understands standing better than the other. You can stand to the left and I can stand to the right and there may be more on the right and I might need to go stand where you're standing. And here's my point. 
they're people that trust God. Yeah, but they got shortcomings and flaws. Don't focus on their shortcomings and flaws. Focus on the fact that they know how to stand before God in a way that you don't. And then say, I want that. It's okay to look at other believers and say, I want that. Father, I want that. That ability they have to trust, I want that. That ability they have to stand, I want that. I may not want all the other stuff, but I don't want their alcohol issues. But that trust in you, stand, I'm going to take that. Well, I don't like them because, okay, yeah, so they have a problem. But if they can stand in a way that you can't, say, God, I want that. I want to be encouraged by that. Because I've seen people with alcohol and drug issues. And I've seen those people saying at those times, brother, I'm going to beat this. I'm going to overcome this. You watch, you wait and see. I'm going to beat this. And then I see him again later. And just like they said, they beat it. And I go, these are the kind of people that I want around me. I don't want to judge their individual personalities. I want to just, I want to just judge and follow their trust in the Lord. I want to look at how they stand. And after having done all to stand, I want what that person has, Lord. I want that. And I've never had God yet say to me about any good thing like that that I've asked for that I can't have it. Not one time. And he won't you. Last thing I'll say. I remember a long time ago, Lindsay looked at me in my life and the fact that I could wake up when I want and go to bed when I want. And, and I wasn't rolling in dough. I wasn't a billionaire. But I had a comfortable enough life that she said, I want that. I want that. I want to be able to work on my own time and my own hours. I want to be able to be the determining factor how much money I make and don't make. And I remember saying to her then, I can't teach you how to be Bill Gates because I'm not there yet. But I can teach you how to get here because this I've been doing for 30 years. So I know how to do it. And she's been doing it now for almost a decade now. It's, it's, what's that? You saying three years? I don't know what you're talking about. Put it in the chat or something. Anyway, <laughs> um, she set a goal. And then Nellie came and she said the same thing. I want that. I want that life. I, I want to learn how to live like that. And I said the same thing. I can't teach you how to be Bill Gates yet, but I can teach you how to do this because I've been doing it successfully for 30 years. I look at people and when they ask me, how do you do it? Oh, Lindsay said 12 years. Okay, amen. And I was like, yeah, I can show you how to do that because I know how to do that. Oh, there's so much I could say, but I'll just be repeating myself. The promise is yours. God has made it. You walking into it just takes you having faith. And your faith is going to come from you surrounding yourself with people or a person. It don't even got to be no, it don't have to be no bunch of people that are where God has told you you're supposed to be. And maybe God has said, I put this person in your life for this season. Well, I don't particularly like them. I will say this before I go, but it's so true. A lot of times God will put that person around you to help you or have somebody around you that just straight get on your nerves. He will. And he will say, yeah, well, you're going to have to endure, though. 
because they have what you need for this season. I just don't like their personality. They just rub me wrong. Yeah, well, then let it be. But God will, how do they trust me? God will ask you. How do they keep their eye on me? Do they depend on me? Well, then that's what I need you to focus on right now. So I hope this was encouraging. I pray that this word was sobering, um, that you got something that's an anchor in your spirit that'll help you get to the next level. Ask God who is that person. Ask him. Ask him who is the person. I'm there for everybody else. You All you raise your hand that you're there for people, helping them, guiding them. Have you claimed a harvest on that? There's a harvest for that. You sow the seed into helping all these others. Then you have a harvest somewhere that you may not have claimed. Where's the one that's there for you, for your next level, for your current level, for everything God has called you to do right now? There's somebody that God has put there for you to help you through that process. So I just want to encourage you guys, say I love you. Appreciate your time, your ears. This is just the beginning of many things to come. And let's go forward. Amen. May the word that you heard bring God's blessing to you.